Good afternoon. This is the weekly wrap for Friday, June 9th. Well, we'll mix up the order this week and we'll start with the USDA report. Uh, they did not surprise really anybody uh, in the market. They, they hit all the market expectations. All the numbers were hit pretty much right on the nose. They lowered old crop uh, corn export demand. That ultimately led to an increase of the carryout of 35 million bushels. Uh, that got pushed through to the new crop carryout because they did not change any of the numbers other than the carry-in coming in. So a small increase in the corn carryout for old crop and for new crop. For soybeans, same thing. They reduced the export demand by 15 million bushels. That got added to the old crop carryout, pushing that up and new crop carryout up 15 million bushels as well. So slight increases in the carryout on soybeans as well. No changes in any of the wheat numbers, hardly at all. Uh, and in the cotton market, they ended up uh, lowering the carryout again on the old crop here from 3.5 down to 3.2 million bales. Uh, they ultimately uh, had to increase export demand, something we've been talking about for a while. Uh, they did a pretty big jump on next year's crop estimate. They increased the crop size a million bales, and that came in the form of a decrease in the abandonment. They took that from 23% down to 17 I'm assuming their logic was that with all the rains in West Texas, we'll harvest a lot more cotton. Uh, they did take the yield down, which makes sense that if you're harvesting dryland cotton, that would pull the overall national yield lower. Uh, so the carryout did go up just a little bit. Uh, they increased demand to offset a fair amount of that crop increase that they took from 15.5 million bales in the last re report to 16.5 in this report. But the carryout uh, increase was minute. It was offset by increases in demand and the shrinkage of the old crop carry-in. So um, that took the carryout from 3.3 to 3.5 million bales for cotton next year. Uh, no real big changes in that, so not too loose, not too tight, right down the middle on the carryout. Not surprising uh, data from the USDA. Uh, on the weekly price action, corn ended up down $0.05 cents for the week. That's July corn. July soybeans up $0.35 cents on the week. July wheat up $0.11. Cents. And cotton down $0.02 cents a pound. So the winner this week were soybeans. Um, managed money, what did they do? They ended up uh, buying some corn back this week, a small portion, 6,000 contracts, but they're still short 44,000. For soybeans, they were even on soybeans last week. They bought 13,000 contracts this week, so they've got a very small long in soybeans. And in wheat, they bought 4,000 contracts back total, but they're still short 120,000 contracts. Pretty large short for this time of year still. For cotton, just a small purchase of 2,500 contracts, so they've got a small long of about 4,000 contracts on, soybean, on cotton. So no real big uh, changes there, but the overall view on commodities is certainly negative. Adding up all of the commodity positions, they're still net short uh, going into the growing season. Uh, we've talked about that before where you know, historically when they're, they're short going into the growing season, 100% of the time they get blown out at some point during the summer. Now over to the macro picture where the Federal Reserve is expected on Wednesday to meet and pause on the rate hikes or skip, I guess. The jobs data came in a little bit softer this week. The inflation metrics continue to come in softer. And so the market is anticipating the Fed to take a pause. 
The stock market likes what it sees. Uh, it has uh, had another big day today, and it's now officially in bull market territory. So anytime you move 20% off the lows, uh, it is technically called a bull market. And so that is offsetting or blowing apart a lot of the fears or the, the money managed money that has positioned itself for a recession this year and are quite short the stock market, they're wrong. And there's looks like there's a lot of room to run in the stock market higher over the next two or three months. The Ukraine-Russian war took a, a nasty turn <clears throat> with the uh, blowing up of a dam that flooded thousands and thousands of acres, thousands of uh, acres of infrastructure um, got damaged. And so there are going to be long-term implications on infrastructure losses, uh, irrigation, that, that river, um, that water that was dammed up provided irrigation for a fair amount of land in Ukraine. And so while the market discounted it pretty quickly, uh, it's still another strike against the long-term production coming out of Ukraine. Just remember, every, every day that war lingers is a day that Ukraine is losing production. They were the fourth largest exporter of grain in the world. And every day that war progresses is a day that they're losing production. And we know the market has largely discounted that over the last six months of trade. But at some point in the future, it will come back and focus, no doubt about it. Uh, China's economy continues to kind of linger along, stumble along on slow improvement. I know there was a lot of talk about uh, a big commodity push once China reopens. We've seen a fair amount of, of demand, but they've done a good job cloaking it. Uh, but the demand hasn't been as, what, uh, as high as what the market expected, leading to a, a bit of a commodity crack-up boom is what the, uh, the thought process was. That has not happened, and, but they are continuing to improve. Uh, technically on the charts, what are we expecting here? Well, for corn, we've talked about on the weekly chart how there's a gap on July corn at 623. So if you're a little light on pricing of corn for old crop here, I would uh, look for that area to do a little bit of pricing. That's at 623 or lower, just underneath that. And once we fill that gap, I'm expecting we will then pull back technically for a little while. The next area of resistance on the chart for July is 650. For soybeans, uh, the first chart gap is at 1420, and we're really not that far away. We closed at 1386 today, so we're only about uh, you know 35 cents away from filling that gap in July beans. Similar story there that if you're light on old crop marketings, use that 1420 area to get caught up on old crop sales. The next area of resistance on July beans is at 1470. For wheat, the Chicago wheat contract. The first area of resistance is at $6.92. The second area would be closer to $8. That if we got through $6.92, uh, the next area of resistance technically is $8. And in Kansas City, the first area of resistance that I'm looking that, you know, if you had to do some pricing, would be closer to that $8.80. I really don't want to do any pricing in, in wheat, if at all possible. I do feel at some point this extraordinarily large managed money short is going to get blown out. <clears throat> we should see something a lot closer to $9 Chicago and $10 KC wheat. Those are my targets long-term. Uh, but I understand if you got to do some pricing, I would use these near-term targets as potentials. July cotton, we are continuing to trade in this 80 to 80 cent, 88 cent range. 
Uh, it looks like we're going to stay locked in that until the July contract expires. Uh, where we go from there will largely depend on the health of the economy. Uh, continued strong exports, uh, which have been, you know, again, we had a huge export sales report this week. So if that kind of demand stays strong, um, you know, we're going to build a large base of demand. And that will be all up to Mother Nature this summer. But for new crop, uh, as you know, I'm expecting a wide range of trade possibly between the 70, 75 cent and the dollar a pound area. Um, uh, trying to digest how severe these crop losses are in the Plainview North area is going to go a long way in helping us understand uh, what the upside could be in this market. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into some commentary here. Um, these are just my personal opinions on the USDA report that came out here today. Uh, for many, many years, we've continued to you know, be frustrated with the USDA data, <clears throat> and this report is no different. In fact, you know, this is a report uh, that is one of the main reasons why the market largely doesn't trust the USDA, and I'm talking about the fact that they didn't make any yield adjustments on this year's crop. They have data. They have their own data. They have got crop condition ratings that are coming in at very, very low levels. That's their own data that they collect. We've got crop moisture levels in all the major eye-growing states that are at record low levels. We've got a drought monitor that is a government-produced uh, data. So they've got their own data that very clearly at this point states that there's no way they're anywhere close on their yield estimates. Some in the trade have already taken the corn yield down to 172, which would be about 10 bushels lower than where the government is now. <clears throat> no one's really making any big adjustments on the soybeans yet because it's just too early to do that. But it's not unreasonable to expect that the crop is really at this point not any bigger than last year. And so a 10 bushel yield adjustment uh, is probably realistically where we're at at the moment. If we get rain and we can uh, improve the crop, we could crawl that number back up into the mid-70s. Conversely, if it stays dry over the next two or three weeks, that number is going to continue to fall. And so it's reports like this where the market basically uh, loses trust uh, in the USDA data and, and why you have to be very careful about using them exclusively in your marketing decisions. The other uh, thing that happened this week was we got a, a headline from an unnamed source uh, that the United States and Iran had worked out a deal where we would buy crude oil from Iran and in exchange for them limiting their uranium production. Uh, that headline went through the crude oil market in about five minutes, taking crude oil down $4 a barrel very, very quickly. It took the rest of the day for the U.S. government to deny that report and deny that it was accurate, but the damage was already done technically on the charts. And so it's another example of how uh, powerfully strong the algorithms are and the computers are in trading uh, our markets and how um, you know this battle that is brewing. And by the way, Saudi Arabia was extremely angry at this report. Uh, they took it as a direct uh, offense that we would be siding with Iran. And I'm sure there's some major damage control being done politically. But make no mistake about it, at this point, there's a very large <clears throat> battle brewing politically between the United States. Uh, our releasing of the SPR, uh, our promise to buy those back and not buying them back, uh, that's uh, violated the trust of OPEC, Saudi Arabia in particular. 
Um, and then this most recent news headline that may or may not have been on purpose to take the oil market down one more time. But make no mistake about it, behind the scenes, there's a big battle brewing between OPEC and the United States. Uh, the macro picture, clearly, uh, while there's been a lot of anxiety about uh, the data and credit card debt and and uh, a lot of the manufacturing slowing, um, the market has done a surprisingly good job absorbing a lot of this negativity. Earnings remain strong, relatively speaking. And so the macro picture is actually improving, according to the stock market. And we're going to have a lot of people trapped off sides there. And we may have, we, I know we have them trapped off sides on the equity markets, and we very well may have them trapped off sides on the commodity markets as well. Um, for all of the weather modeling that we've been talking about between the GFS, which is the American model, and the Euro model, they're both having extraordinary uh, big difficulty in getting anything accurate in the term in form of a long-term forecast. I think that will be with us all summer long. Uh, for all of the talk of weather, I don't think we've actually traded weather uh, with the crop uh, moisture levels we've seen across the Midwest. Uh, I don't think we have any weather premium priced into these markets. 530 corn, $12 beans, there, there in my opinion is no weather premium in any of these markets. I think uh, it is still the macro flows that are in control of these markets. And that at some point, when we do decide to trade weather, do decide to stop worrying about the economy and pretend that it's going to affect commodity demand. Uh, I'm, I'm quite optimistic for the summertime recovery in the grain prices and cotton prices going forward. So I'll leave you with that. Uh, that's the optimism I'm looking toward. And it's, it's uh, you know, at macro, uh, it's USDA bad data, and, and it's weather that I think is absolutely at this point affecting yields. So with that, I'll leave it with you. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Have a wonderful weekend. Talk to you soon.